The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. It's a beautiful day here at Mile High Church. So glad you're here. I'm going to dive right in. Our topic today is the art of abundance. And this two-part series is based on the proposition that every one of us can dwell in a greater prosperity, a greater abundance that lives just beyond our current belief system. And uh, I drew inspiration for the title from this, uh, from a a new book by a good friend of mine in the ministry, uh, Dennis Merritt Jones, Dr. Dennis Merritt Jones, called The Art of Abundance. It's really, really good. He did a really good, he's a great writer, and he did a great job in this book. So um, for greater resources today, I encourage you, we've got some copies in the bookstore, The Art of Abundance, just as this is titled today. And indeed, dwelling in abundance is an art. Because you see, most people dwell in worry rather than in abundance. And, 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 you know, worry um, is an insidious thing. But really, I would like to suggest to you that there are only two things you ever need to worry about. That's it. First of all, either you're successful or you're not. Now, if you're successful, you've got nothing to worry about. But if you're not successful, you've only got two things to worry about. Either you're healthy or you're not. Now, if you're healthy, you've got nothing to worry about. However, if you're not, then you have only two things to worry about. Either you're alive or you're not. Now, if you're alive, you've got nothing to worry about. But if you're not alive, you have only two things to worry about. Either you're in heaven or you're in hell. Now, if you're in heaven, you've got nothing to worry about. However, if you're in hell, don't worry. All your friends will be there to welcome you and keep you company. And thank God we don't even believe in hell. So you've got nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. The first step, and it's our first topic today, is the essential ingredient And I'm just coming right out and share with you that that essential ingredient is an abundance consciousness. That is essential if our lives are to prosper. Now, let me make a distinction between abundance and prosperity. Abundance is the infinite life, intelligence, and potential of the divine, which we know is not distant, but is everywhere present. And we live, move, and have our being in that divine life. This is the abundance of life. This is why I declare to you that you are abundant. No matter how you define your life, you are abundant because you live in and are an expression of this infinite abundance. Prosperity is how much of that you're allowing to flow into your life and materialize or manifest in your experience. That is your personal prosperity, which is born of how much you can allow the flow of abundance in your life. And what we're going to look at today is how it is that our consciousness is what is determining the expression of that abundance in our lives. Whether it's a gushing flow of abundance or a tiny trickle depends on that. And that's why it is an art. Abundance is an art. The art of accepting responsibility for cultivating on an ongoing basis an ever more dynamic, open, and vibrant, abundant consciousness. It's the art of moving ourselves out of the shared trance state of not enough. 
moving ourselves out of a belief in limitation and scarcity and into the vibrant knowingness and feeling that we are, in fact, in this all abundance that is the divine. Now, let me say a little bit more then about consciousness. That word we use a lot around here. Consciousness is the sum total of everything you have ever believed in all your conscious moments. Your consciousness bears the imprint of all of your beliefs and all that you have ever bought into and accepted as real and true for you, both consciously and even more so unconsciously. So we all have this consciousness. It's like the container of all that we've assumed to be real, the way we've chosen to see the world, chosen to see ourselves, interpreted our experiences. And the other thing about our consciousness is that it's floating in the ocean of the collective consciousness. And if we don't have an activated and powerful consciousness, that collective consciousness can seep into our own individualized consciousness. And the collective is imbued with so much fear and so much not-enoughness. So that's what our, our consciousness really is. But here's the biggest key of it all. Consciousness is causation. Say that with me. Consciousness is causation. It is our consciousness that ultimately sets the tenor of our lives. It is our consciousness that ultimately attracts or repels, that welcomes in greater good or turns away our good in every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. Consciousness is causation. The Bible says, as thou hast believed, so shall it be done unto you. Put in the context of today's message, as it is in consciousness, so is it in my experience. So is it in my experience. Sri Aurobindo, um, an incredibly enlightened a Hindu master, wrote, Consciousness is the fundamental thing in existence. It is the energy, the motion, the movement of consciousness that creates the universe and all that is in it. The microcosm and the macrocosm are nothing but consciousness arranging itself. Consciousness taking form. Now, this is borne out by so much of quantum physics nowadays as well as the mysticism of all the faith paths. That the invisible coalescing of thought into consciousness moves into form and experience. Now, that's active in your life and in mine as well. As Dennis says in his book, your consciousness goes before you to announce your coming. Your consciousness goes before you to announce your coming. Now, the challenge with this is that most people live in the land of scarcity and limitation. They've wandered like the prodigal child into, away from the source and into the land of limitation and scarcity. And that land is ruled by a harsh ruler, fear. And that fear is usually supported on the foundation of a sense of personal unworthiness. And so this message, while it's about abundance and how our lives can prosper, is really also about a deep check-in into how do I hold my own essence? Do, have, I, have I sensed myself to be unworthy and then thus I fear for my good in one way or another? You see, this, there's a lie 
a foot that's like a virus in humankind. And it's the lie that, that there is not enough to go around. To one degree, we've bought into that. Check into that today. How much have you bought into the feeling that there's not enough to go around? But it's a lie and it spreads that there's lack and limitation when in truth there's more than enough to go around. There's more than enough creative ideas to go around. There's more than enough love to go around. More than enough power to go around. More than enough joy to go around. And these are the building blocks for greater prosperity in all of its forms in our life. Oh, it's time that we leave the land of scarcity and limitation and journey back to our true homeland, which is the kingdom of ever-expanding good. You see, as a spiritual being, you've been established in the kingdom of ever-expanding good, and yet you and I, over the course of our experiences, have formed a mindset of scarcity and limitation. And that effectively blocks, due to the autonomy and authority given each of us in consciousness and in creativity, it effectively blocks or dwindles the good that is available to us, the good that is ours right now. Oh, the great Sufi poet Rumi said, the source is within you, and this whole world is springing up from it. The source is full. And its waters are ever flowing. Do not grieve. Drink your fill. Don't think it will ever run dry. This endless ocean. Those who know this, they're the ones that make it through the fluctuations of economies, the changes in jobs or relationships, even physical experience. Because they know there's something that never runs dry. That as the material and worldly things change, that they can stay connected to this infinite something through an abundance consciousness. And it just opens up new life expression. But those who suffer most are those who are caught up in attachment to things as they have been in the world and are disconnected from the truth of their immersion in oneness. So given that, today I want to offer you the ABCs of an abundance consciousness. The ABCs of an abundance consciousness, four of them, and uh, you're probably not surprised, those of you who have been around here a while, to understand that uh, the first letters of these three word phrases are ABC. So to start us off, it is to hold in mindfulness and awareness that abundance bathes creation. Abundance bathes creation. You see, abundance is all that is good and beautiful and meaningful, flowing into expression in all areas of our lives. All areas of our lives. This, hear me, this is an abundant universe. Hear that through your heart. Hear that through the energy of your spiritual beingness that hasn't quite forgotten this. This is an abundant universe because it's the expression of an infinite creative source. And it knows no lack, no limitation. Those are only definitions and conclusions we have arrived at based on our judgment of our experiences. And here's the biggest point of confusion. We come to believe that the things of the world are our source. 
And that is what is so fraught. We come to believe that our job is our source. Our investments are our source. The economy is our source. Aging Aunt Tilly is our source. We come to believe that. And those are not our source. They're only channels for the source. They're channels for the source. And they're all subject to change, to coming and going. Now, if we believe that they're our source, then we're, we're thrown into abject fear, and we deepen our sense that our lives are not supported by this universe, when inevitably those change and fluctuate in our life. Our consciousness is what can keep us in alignment with the source because our source is God. Your source and my source is none of those things in the world, although those are wonderful channels for life essence. My source is God. And the more we know that and practice that, that it's bathing all of creation, it's creating all of creation, then the more we stand on solid ground. And you see, this is why we never pray for money or things around here. Because they're byproducts. We pray to activate a greater consciousness through which all that we require for our wonderful and unfolding lives can unfold. All our prayer is an activation of consciousness. We're not praying for money or things because all possibilities exist right now. Totally available. Brother Wayne Dyer put it this way. He said, abundance is not something we acquire. It is something we tune into. Today, this is all about inviting you to tune into this powerful vibration of abundance that you're already living within and anchor into that. Put down deep roots into that, that it might then flow forth and and open you and thus there'll be the flowing of good into all areas, all that is good and beautiful and meaningful in all areas of your life. I love this affirmation. God is my instant, constant, and unlimited supply. Together, God is my instant, constant, and unlimited supply. That bears one more time. God is my instant, constant, and abundant supply. Take that in. That'll never change. Start revamping your awareness to know that. That's what I love, that that whole consciousness has been what has built up this community and all that we're about. And we have, this community has been built up through all of the fluctuations of the economies, whether it was in the mid-80s when there was the oil crash or in 2008 when things, we had what they now call the Great Recession and all of that. Still and always, we've held our commitment and we have prospered and we have grown Now, we can have that in our own lives. That's why we come together, is to remember this, because it's easy to forget, isn't it? To remember that. And by the way, I wanted to remind you that we're still in the end processes of of our campaign to fund our church for this fiscal year we're in. And if you haven't had the opportunity, the joyous opportunity, to fill out a card of intent and to stake your claim for greater good and to consciously and committedly say, yay, I love this place and the work it's doing, I'm a part of it. There's a table out in the lobby, and you can visit it and start this abundance consciousness getting anchored in your life. 
So the first ABC is that <clears throat> abundance bathes creation. The second is that awareness builds consciousness. Awareness builds consciousness. So if we're going to really excel in the art of abundance, then what we have to do is be willing to courageously develop our consciousness and to exercise great self-awareness in our lives, to really notice the hints about what truly lies within our own consciousness and to be willing to work with that. What I'm suggesting today is an ongoing journey of awakening into your abundance. It's not a quick fix. It's not an instant gratification program of any kind, a magic wand of some kind. It's realizing that we can discover what lies within us and we can change that. And then the universe responds by corresponding to this change that we make. And what a beautiful thing that is, to know that we really can change consciousness, but we have to be willing and alert. We have to ask, to what degree does not enough live within me? As I think about the various areas of my life, where does an emotion come up that not enough lives there? Or that things can't evolve, can't prosper in that area of my life? Then we get to look at that and work with that in a beautiful and a constructive way. You see, consciousness is built up by mindful awareness moment by moment. It's changing a thought, a belief, a feeling moment by moment, day by day, onward and onward. More than anything, it's working with the field of emotion. I want to draw another distinction. That's between emotion and feeling. Emotion is historic in us. Emotion is the energies that we have stored around key beliefs within us. Most of the beliefs running your life are immersed in a deep emotion, usually of fear if they're not life-supportive, or of joy if they are. But these deep emotions can come forth when things happen in life. Feelings are in the moment. Feelings are authentic, moment-by-moment experience of what's going on in our lives. So uh, very often, as things happen and an emotion comes up, that's good. Seize upon that and simply observe it, as we teach in the meditation and prayer retreat. Become the wise witness. Don't push away your emotions or feel guilty about them. If an emotion comes up, especially an emotion of not enoughness or of fear around your well-being or your security in this life, Call that up and simply observe it. Be present to the sensation of that. Don't get caught up in the story about it or all the judgments about it. Don't tell new stories or make new judgments. (laughs) Just be present to that old emotion that's come up from the subconscious history bank. And just be present. You'll find out that if you're just a present to the sensation, that sensation wanes. Then you can seize your creative authority. And you can choose a new and a higher vision, a new idea for your life. And then you can take it into your heart and you can imbue it with energy and feeling, the energy of abundance and of joy and of gratitude in your life. And you can proclaim that. And what you have done is you have dispersed a good bit of the old and you've replaced it with intentional, conscious, powerful feeling energy about your abundance. And as we do this day by day, Awakened moment by awakened moment, we build up consciousness. Awareness builds consciousness.
There's a wonderful letter came to me that's always been one of my favorite sharings from a mile higher. Dear Dr. Roger, this is a letter of gratitude. Several years ago, my husband and I came to Mile High with no intentions of becoming members. We were with a friend. But that one visit started the process that has changed our lives. We began taking all the classes we could. We both realized that we had harbored a deep hunger for God and for the realization that we live in oneness with God and that we truly are spiritual beings. This realization has blessed us in more ways than I have space to communicate. I now know what it means. The truth will set you free. Without this awareness and the faith we gained at Mile High, my husband and I would not have been able to deal with some major setbacks anywhere near as successfully. A year ago, I was laid off from work right after my husband quit his job to return to school to begin another career. Now, the fear was pretty strong, but before Mile High Church, we would have just panicked. My husband probably would have abandoned his schooling and returned to the old job that was so unfulfilling. But after the shock, we came to our spiritual senses and decided that we could handle this spiritually. We spent many hours reading and praying, deepening our sense of the omnipresence of spirit. The fear started melting away, and we both decided to affirm, God's good is expressing through me and returning to me. God's good is expressing through me and returning to me. You see, they, they paused in the throes of all they were experiencing and chose to build up their awareness, build up their consciousness, and deepen that. And she writes, Within three weeks, I got a call from my former employer telling me of a job he'd heard about with another company, and he said I'd be perfect for it. I interviewed and got this job within three days. It pays me much more than my former position, And now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our abundance is an inside job. Thank you for teaching that we can trust the presence and power of God within us. Awareness builds up consciousness. All right? That's another ABC. Here's another one. Activate bold creativity. That's a step you can take. As you evolve an abundance consciousness, building a bold creativity. Because you see, it's ideas that are always the opening for some greater good in your life and mine. It's an idea that comes along, or it actually emerges within us from the super consciousness within us, and it says, here's here's what's possible. Here's a need you can fill. Here's something that wants to come forth through you as you. Ideas or I always say the gold coin of God. And actually that comes from something that happened in the Bible, it says, um, that the, the tax collector came around and wanted taxes from Jesus' ministry, and the disciples were all upset, and they came to Jesus and said, hey, big guy, you know that you're, you spend everything we get. You give away everything. You give away everything, and the tax collector wants taxes now. What are we going to do? And Jesus said, well, go over to the lake, cast a line in the lake, and catch a fish, and it'll all be taken care of. Well, no, they were probably um, dutiful, but I can only imagine what was going on in their heads as they walked away. They're thinking, man, he's been in the sun way too long, you know. (laughs) We need tax money, and he says, go fishing. But they did as told, and the story goes that they caught a fish, and inside the mouth of the fish was a gold coin, and they paid the taxes. Now, this is richly symbolic. 
In Bible symbolism, the fish means a spiritual idea, a great idea. And if we can catch a great idea, there's going to be gold in that. So that's why our abundance is unlimited because we're all a part of the infinite field of creative mind. And there are always ideas seeking to come forth. Who would have ever thought that great prosperity could come forth from making rubber shoes with holes in them? Who would have ever thought it? Who would have ever thought? What about the idea that no more cameras, just put them in phones? Who came? Think about the idea of delivering pizza door-to-door and the renovation it did for Domino's. And now everything is delivered door-to-door. Ideas are the gold coin of God, and you're a part of a field of ideas. So, activate bold creativity. And finally, and this is so important, always bless circumstances. Things come into our lives. Some of them are a result of the tendencies of our consciousness. Some of them are a result of the collective consciousness and its impact on our lives. We always have the opportunity to respond in the highest way. And initially, we usually don't. Have you noticed it? Initially, we usually respond with greater fear, greater terror, greater upset, because that's our human journey, and we we must be compassionate with ourselves. And yet there comes a time when mind says, what is the ultimate name you're going to give this experience? What is the ultimate nature and emotion and judgment you're going to assign to this experience? Notwithstanding your fear or your shock or your upset in the initial stages, what's the ultimate stamp? You, as creative author of your experience, what are you going to call this and name this and create this to be? And that's where we get to seize the reins again. The word bless comes from the root word meaning to confer prosperity upon. So even if experiences bring us to our knees, there comes a time when we can get up again. And that's why we have a spiritual community to help us do that. We can get up again. And we can actually say, I decide as the author, spiritual authority and author of my experience to bless this circumstance. That I might remain in connection with infinite abundance and allow greater good to heal and unfold my life. Always be willing to bless circumstances. And you can find the weak points of your consciousness by looking at any experience in your life you haven't blessed. And it is still limiting you. It's over in experience, but it's active in consciousness. You can heal that. I want to close with a story that I think is one of the most uh, resounding examples of this that I've ever run across. By, uh, it's told by a lady named Janine Roth, who now is a, a best-selling author. Uh, and uh, her book is w- Women, Food, and God. And it really is teaching women and now also men about uh, their sense that uh, uh, their food issues are an inner wholeness issue, a spiritual issue. But in 2008, she and her husband uh, lost everything they had, their entire savings, when they invested with New York financier Bernie Madoff. And it was discovered that this guy was running a $65 billion Ponzi scheme, and he got 150 years in prison. But they lost everything, everything. Now, Janine and her husband, they were in shock. She says she cried, raged, felt doomed, eventually feeling shame that she didn't know this and had invested so much with Madoff. But later she declared, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life. Because in losing everything, 30 years of life savings, gone. I had to focus on what I had, not what I didn't have. 
because there was no way of getting through the night with the terror of that loss. I realized that if I was going to live, if I was going to sleep, if, it was going, if I was going to exist, I had to bring my mind back from the terror and start focusing on what was good. And I had to be fierce about it. There was no choice, otherwise I'd careen off into such grief, terror, and shame, and that was not a way to live. And her friends told her that she needed to focus on what she had enough of, not on what they had lost. And so she started that practice. She said, I have this cup. I have water. I have arms. I have legs. I have breath. Sometimes you have to start that basic. I have a husband I love, a roof over my head. And the most amazing thing happened. Within about a week, I found myself happier than I had been in years. It happens when you start seeing what you have and not what you don't have, what's good and not what's wrong. And they did this even though they had a beautiful home that was mortgaged to the hilt and they had a home equity line of credit that's part of their debt and a luxury car that they owed a lot on. And she said, I gained confidence in myself after a week that my mind could go to the brink of terror and I could bring it back. And that for the rest of my life, no matter what terrible thing ever happened, I saw that if I was conscious about noticing what I did have, not what I didn't have, what was good, that would change my mind, my experience, and thus my whole life. And that then became an everyday practice for Janine and her husband. She concludes, Madoff couldn't steal what was good. The everyday goodness, the sheer magnificence of trees, earth, my body, of my partner. If you don't have this kind of spiritual practice, you're lost. She went on to write not only a best-selling book, but she's written a number of other books. She's been on Oprah. Uh, She does many, many seminars. She's a great success. But eventually she had to bless the experience and move on. So I'm inviting you as we are in step one of this series, The Art of Abundance, practice your ABCs, gang. Remember, be mindful that abundance is all around you. It bathes creation. And that your awareness and your work in awareness builds consciousness day by day by day by day. Be about that journey. And activate bold creativity. Think in new ways. Be in openness to this universal mind. And then finally, always bless. Eventually come to the place of blessing experience. Because you're the one who determines, through your choice, whether that experience is an opening to greater good or it pulls you under. Let's ascend together and practice this art of abundance. It's a deeply spiritual practice. And we wouldn't be here if we weren't worthy of it. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.